Welcome back. And if this is your first class, welcome to Music Detention. I am DJ AAA. In our last class, we discussed a band that I fell in love with when I was 14. You might recognize this song right here. This is rock and roll all night, and the group's name is KISS. And if you didn't know that, well, that's why you're here. Rock and Roll All Night and Party Every Day was written in 1975 by partners Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons for Dress to Kill, the third album released by KISS. This song wasn't just an anthem, it was the lifestyle for the band in the 1970s maybe more so for Gene Simmons. Tensions within the group heightened to the point where differences became obvious. And this is something that neither Mr. Paul nor Mr. Gene wanted to reveal to their fans. So a mantra was created for the 1980s. For the good of the band. Tonight in Music Detention, we are going to discuss and probably debate KISS maybe America's oldest rock band. This is the second and more than likely the final part of our KISS class. So let's make the most of it. But let me add something before we get started. I'm not a KISS expert and I don't wanna be. My experience with KISS is as a fan and a musician because their melodies and chord structures weren't that hard to learn to play. If you wanna learn more about KISS, Look them up. This is my disclaimer. There is tons of information out there, and most to all of it is created by people who know more about this band than I do. <laughs> then again, maybe not. Open your music history books to 1980, and let's see if this old musician and DJ can keep your attention for another hour. You're listening to Music Detention, and I am DJ AAA. In fall 1980, just before the start of my senior year in high school, my father and stepmom moved my little brother, sister, and myself from our old neighborhood in Midtown Kansas City to Hickman Mills, a suburb located near the southern end of town. I didn't know anyone who lived out there, and at my new high school, I was a minority. Not because I was a black kid, but there was plenty of those but it was because I was an inner city kid, and it showed. I didn't look or talk like any of the other students around me. So finding my place at this school, it took a little while. In October, because I didn't know a girl to ask out, I went to our homecoming dance by myself, and the DJ, if you could call him that, played Shandy. Kiss's newest song, taken from the Unmasked album, released earlier that same year. You're hearing that song right now. And before I move forward, I believe that what the 1970s taught the members of Kiss is that Harmony sells records. Listen to them. Every time I find 
Okay, getting back to my homecoming. The DJ also played this song. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown Although our love is still special Let's take a chance and fly away Somewhere alone It's been too long since we took the time No one's to blame, my no time flies so quickly This is Just Like Starting Over by John Lennon from my favorite black group as a kid, The Beatles. Mr. John had just released Starting Over and it quickly became my feel-good song. I worked evenings and weekends flipping burgers and when I got paid, I bought an FM stereo Walkman, (laughs) remember those? And sang along every time this song played on the radio. It got me through the fall. But sadly, John Lennon was assassinated just two months later, on December 8th of 1980. We take off alone. Take a trip somewhere far, far away. The guy shot John Lennon in the back and did this because of something that Mr. John said about 15 years prior. But I say that this guy was paid to be the shooter. I'm not going to get into it. Still, if you want to know more, check out the class where we discuss the mafia and the music business. I was a senior at Hickman Mills High School and for a moment, my world stood still. One of my biggest hopes was that my favorite black band would get back together. But enough of that sad stuff. It's Saturday night. Let's get this show jumping. The 1980s came in like a breath of fresh air. Bell bottoms, platform shoes, and leisure suits, those were out. Designer jeans, members only in padded shoulder jackets, Nike Cortez sneakers, and curly permed mullets were in. This is Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. And during my senior year, this was the hottest song on rock and roll radio. And on black radio, Rap music was taking over. The party was just starting, and the biggest rap group at the time was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five.
Disco was dead, pop music was back, and people were either getting physical, or taking it on the run. And us everyday people, well, we were working day in. There was no Bee Gees, no Casey and the Sunshine Band, no Donna Summer, and no Kiss. Music was separated again. And although I didn't like it, I thought that rock and roll would return to what it was and Kiss would pick up where they left off. But that wasn't the case. Rock and roll had new genres as competitors. The first was heavy metal, led by a dude who bit the heads off two live doves to make a point, and in a performance in Des Moines, he bit into a dead bat thrown on stage by a band. He's the Prince of Darkness, and his name is Ozzy Osbourne. Heavy metal, just like disco, had been underground for years. There weren't many metal bands on the radio in the 1970s, and I'm thinking that people just wasn't ready for it yet. I'm not going to talk about Ozzy or Black Sabbath in this class, so let's bring him down. The other competitor was punk rock. Punk rock, just like metal music, had been underground for years also. Punk had driving tempos, pounding drums, loud guitars, but with elementary chord structures, and vocals that just about anybody could handle. Metal has overdriven guitars, and per my experience with both genres, metal was more technical and more structured. And punk, well, it's all attitude. Now, let's talk about the artist of this song. This is Angela Tremble. Some of you might know her as Deborah Harry, but most of you will remember her as Blondie. Born in 1945 and from Miami, Florida, and if my mom was alive, she and Miss Deborah would be almost the same age. Deborah Harry, even now, is gorgeous, and she was the disco queen of punk rock. Blondie was beautiful, sexy, and her voice was distinctive. And in January 1979, and remember, this is the same year that Kiss released I Was Made For Loving You, Blondie released this song, Heart of Glass. It was one of four Blondie songs to ace the Billboard Hot 100. Heart of Glass sold over 1.3 million copies and was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame as a recording of qualitative 
or historical significance. I said it right that time. And it rose to number 42 on Slant Magazine's list of the greatest dance songs of all time. Heart of Glass has a bunch of awards, one of which is being number 255 on Billboard's magazine's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. I have one more Blondie song that is relative to this part of our class. Released in January 1981, Rapture was certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America and spent two weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. This is Miss Deborah's, or rather Blondie's, fourth single to reach the top 10. And it was the first number one single in the United States to feature rap vocals by a female artist. Well, now you see what you want to be. Just have your party on TV. Cause the man from Mars won't beat up balls where the TV's on. Now he's gone back up to space where he would have a hassle with the human race. Sang hip hop and don't stop, just blast off. Sure shot, cause the man from all stopped eating cars and eating bars, and now he only eats guitars. Miss yeah. Deborah stated that Heart of Glass was, along with Rapture, the two songs she was proudest of having written. The 80s is going to change everything, including the mindsets of Mr. Stanley and Mr. Gene. At the same time, Kiss had present day problems starting with the drummer, Peter Chris. In May 1980, the Catman Peter Chris is said to have officially left KISS. The reasons behind the drummer's departure from the group depends on who you ask. Ask Mr. Stanley and you will hear that the dude really couldn't play. And about the night Mr. Pete purposely ruined the tempo of a song while the band was on stage. Ask Mr. Gene and he will more than likely tell you that Mr. Pete could not be counted on and about the night that Mr. Pete threw his drumsticks at Mr. Gene during their live performance. But if you ask Peter Chris, he will probably say that he just wanted out of the band. But if you ask me, well, I would say to first look at the facts. Peter Chris was feeling himself after the success of Beth. The dude got all caught up in his own press and went total rock star. Booze, cocaine, and girls. Mr. Pete's solo album in 1978 was the least liked of the four solo works, but by his reaction, Mr. Pete saw everyone as just being haters. Like my whole world's dying It hurts when 
Peter Chris believed that he was the better singer, and he quit to go solo. But what Mr. Chris found after doing so was the truth. Casablanca gave Peter Chris a record deal. Mr. Neil Bogart, he took a drink of Peter Chris's Kool-Aid and fell for the okie doke. And here's what happened. Peter Chris, he couldn't sell it. No one purchased his solo works after KISS. He tried four times, releasing four separate projects over a 20-year span. Like with many KISS songs, Mr. Pete's solo works, they were catchy, but they went nowhere. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons both slammed Mr. Pete's skills as a drummer. But you didn't have to be good to be the drummer of KISS in the 1970s. They were a show band at best. Technically, a garage band that got a record deal. <laughs> okay, 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 that was harsh. But you heard them. They would literally count off songs in some of their recordings, not to sound cool like this. It took a lot for me not to sing along with this song. As for being the drummer at that time, Peter Chris was just what the band needed in the 70s, but not in the 80s. Either way, this change was necessary for the good of the band, and Peter Chris had to go. And this would be the same for lead guitarist Ace Frehley. The situation was different for Ace Fraley. I won't compare Mr. Ace to Mr. Peter because they both had some of the same demons. But if I had to compare, Mr. Ace was technically the most talented member of KISS in the 1970s. And when Ace Fraley left the band, he only did so because for him it was time. Ace Fraley walked away from KISS with no regrets and would go forward to prove that he was his own thing, selling records and creating a following of fans that lasted the rest of his career. So what's left for Mr. Stanley and Mr. Gene? Would the dynamic duo need a start over? Will Mr. Stanley and Mr. Gene find new players to make the 80s transition? What is the 80s transition? 
Well, class, Mr. Stanley and Mr. Gene, a.k.a. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, would find out quickly that the 80s has a much larger stage and maintaining their spot as a visual spectacle would be tested by other groups wanting their spot. As I said when we started, the 80s brought a new and much bigger game, starting with the introduction of music videos and MTV. I want my MTV. Call your cable company and say I want my MTV. to jump ahead of myself, but the members of KISS, they were all New Yorkers, and I believe that they knew that MTV was coming. I'm sure that Mr. Stanley could smell change in the air. What got KISS through the 70s wasn't going to cut it in the 80s. Peter Chris was gone and Anton Figg was standing in, but what the band needed was a committed full-time drummer, and not just any drummer. What Mr. Paul and Mr. Gene needed was a drummer with that rocker look, a dude that could sing, and a musician that could bring something that both Mr. Paul and Mr. Gene could cherish, and that was skill, support, and loyalty. And they found that guy when they met Eric Carr. Mr. Eric's real name is Paul Charles Caravello. And like Peter Chris, Eric Carr was also from Brooklyn. I'm not going to talk much about Mr. Eric at this stage of the class, but I will say this. Eric Carr, AKA the Fox, was a much needed asset and Kiss leveled up because of him. Now I say was because Mr. Eric would leave in 1991. 
Vinny Vincent, a glam rocker lead guitarist, would come in and replace Ace Fraley. Now, you already know, to come in and fill Mr. Ace's shoes, you gotta have some skills. Vincent John Cusano from Bridgeport, Connecticut was already wearing makeup and fell right in with the band as the Inca Warrior. Mr. Vinny joined KISS in 1982, which only says that KISS was non-existent for two years. To give an example, this is the oath released on the album The Elder in 1981. Call me a hater, but this album was the worst. It didn't sell, and there was no tour to promote. And maybe, just maybe, this album is the real reason why Ace Fraley walked away. But I think that maybe, just maybe, Mr. Ace did kiss a favor. It is 1982, and KISS is still trying to find some traction. They have released two albums, The Elder and Creatures of the Night, and those albums did about as well as one of their albums from the 1970s. At this point, MTV is a year old and my sister, cousin, and I, like most young people at that time, were staying home and losing sleep because we were all locked in 24-7. MTV put faces to music and it was nothing like radio. 
American musicians weren't ready for music videos, but bands from Europe, they were. And you know what? We watched them. Here in my car, I feel safest of all. I can lock on my doors. It's the only way to live in hear some of you saying, what about Michael Jackson, Madonna, and Prince? Well, first off, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album was a great album, but apparently no one told him that music videos were coming. He made a video for Off the Wall. It was subpar, and I don't want to say that MTV didn't want to play it, but they didn't, at least not very often. There was no Madonna, not yet anyway and neither Prince or Rick James, for that matter, was ready for music television. I guess I should know by the way you popped your car sideways at a Prince figured it out eventually, but with Rick James, it just never happened, and Mr. Rick complained, saying that he was too black for MTV. And this conversation should be saved for another class. Before I digress to KISS, let me explain my take on music videos in the early 80s. Each good music video, it told a story. And that's what got us. You see, up till now, we were okay with simply watching a band play while people danced. That was no good on MTV. Now we want to see a story along with the beat. And like how young people nowadays binge watch Instagram, we binge watched MTV. It didn't stay that way. MTV had to loosen their guidelines, at least as I see it. Otherwise, American groups and entertainers probably would have never got on MTV. But by this time, American artists, they were figuring it out. And they were finding their way into music videos. KISS had two problems. First, their makeup and costumes. It was an outdated look. Rockers still wore leather lace and spandex, and a few still wore makeup, but no one was wearing face paint, and no one wanted to see this on MTV. Second, their material. The Elder and Creatures weren't very good albums, and truthfully, groups like Foreigner Sticks and Bad Company was selling records, getting Grammy nominations, and selling out arenas, and they were doing this without makeup. And all of these groups were on MTV. I saw that review today. Some of those people don't think this is gonna last. I think it's a joke. Yeah, well, I can't always listen to these guys. Main point is as long as, as, long as we know what we're doing, right guys? Yeah. You know, we could take the makeup off. I'll bet you we could take the makeup off and it wouldn't make any difference. You're crazy. What do you mean, take the makeup off? You're nuts. 
Gene, we could take off the makeup. I mean, basically, when we started, we started as a band. We started to play rock and roll, and that's what we could do. That's how we started, and we can keep doing that anytime we want. We could go back and play clubs. Without the makeup? I think you're nuts. Gene, there's nothing we can't do. You're nuts. There's nothing we can't do. I still say you're nuts. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I believe that Paul Stanley wanted to remove the makeup and see Kiss prove themselves as a formidable band. So he met with Gene Simmons in 1983, and Mr. Gene probably created a publicity stunt, but the members of Kiss went on MTV, and they removed their face paint to reveal themselves. Now, Gene Simmons, I'm actually still out on. I don't believe that he wanted to come out of the face paint, because one, he enjoyed the demon, and two, the face paint was part of what made Kiss Kiss. And I'll be honest, I wasn't quite ready for Kiss out of makeup, but now when I look at it, the removal of their face paint was the setup for this song, written by Vinnie Vincent and Paul Stanley. This is Lick It Up. did a number of things for KISS. First, the song sold over a million copies, certifying it platinum by RIAA. Still, the song didn't make the top 40, but it did reach number 66 on the Billboard Top 100. Second, it enabled KISS to create a good music video. KISS was finally on the board, but they still had lots of work to do because no one knew them without their makeup. Also, they had all of the American rock bands who were already out there and they were killing There were the power ballads. Said woman, take it slow and work yourself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Heaven isn't too far away. Rose 
as it's done Just like every night as it's done Kiss worked to stay in the mix, releasing songs to stay relevant. Oh, and I need to add that Vinnie Vincent decided to move on, and he was replaced by Bruce Kulick. And by the middle of the 1980s, Kiss was a contender. Kiss had energy, they had power, and Paul Stanley and Eric Carr had harmony. Most of all, the guys were listening and writing material to keep them in the game. Kiss made videos that kept you engaged and also kept them in rotation on VH1 and MTV. Paul Stanley danced around when he sang. Eric Carr was solid and gave tons of support. Gene Simmons simply played bass and Bruce Kulick, he turned out to be the perfect lead player for KISS at the time. This was the best version of KISS, as far as I'm concerned. KISS wasn't hard or metallic, KISS was fun and the poster child for 80s rock and roll. Uh, all night, you like that? Uh, <laughs> uh, all night was released in 1985 and helped the Asylum album reach number 20 on the Billboard Top 200. This was a big album for the band. This song was written by both Paul Stanley and Desmond Child, and it gave you what you would expect from Kiss. Now, I have one more Stanley Child song with Eric Carr singing harmony. The secret to KISS in the 1980s was Eric Carr. He was present and he made it possible for each member to do their thing. honest with you, I love this song. Paul Stanley's lead vocals are the best that I can remember, and he and Eric Carr, they deliver this song. Gene Simmons was solid and simple. Reason to Live, released on the Crazy Nights album, rose to 64 on the Billboard Hot 100. Now, I was hoping to see Reason to Live climb higher because this quickly became my favorite Kiss song. Oh, 
it is 1989 and 10 years ago, Paul Stanley wanted to write a dance record to top all others. Now he did that and the song's popularity started a movement that ultimately killed disco altogether. Now, 10 years later, Mr. Paul decides that he wants to write a power ballad. Maybe he thought that he could one-up Reason to Live. So he looks around for a different co-writer to help him, and he decides on this guy. was the king of soft rock in the late 1980s. Women wanted him and dudes wanted his vocal presence. Mr. Michael has a man's voice and his voice sent women to Virgin, Tower Records and Musicland to buy his records, tapes and CDs. There was no Amazon back then, no downloads, no Napster, if you remember Napster, and, and, and wait a minute. Young people, y'all missed it. Life was awesome in the 1980s and 1990s, but I'll digress and I will save that for another show. You still hear Michael Bolton's songs on light FM stations across the country, and his music has the same effect now as it did 30 years ago. And if you want to know, Said I Love You But I Lied was number one on Billboard's adult contemporary charts. It rose to number eight on Billboard's Hot 100, and it also rose to number eight on Billboard's mainstream top 40. This was the song, and Paul Stanley, after writing disco's coolest dance song for 1979, wanted to write the coolest power ballad for 1989. So Mr. Paul and Mr. Michael Bolton sat down to write a song, and what they came up with is this. When I saw the video for this song, I could not believe that it was Kiss. This is Forever, released in 1989, featuring Paul Stanley with help from my favorite Kiss member, Eric Carr. You're listening to Music Detention, and I am DJ AAA.
Eric Carr began to complain about pain, and one morning he coughed up blood. Mr. Eric spoke to Gene Simmons about it, and Mr. Gene told him to go see a doctor because they all have health insurance. Some tests were run, and the doctors told Mr. Eric that there is an issue with his heart. It could be a tumor. For support, Eric Carr calls Paul Stanley, and of course Mr. Stanley tells him not to worry. Well, it turned out to be cancer. Actually, it was a special kind of cancer, and it was killing him. And sadly, Eric Carr died on November 24th, 1991. He was 41 years old. And on that same day, Freddie Mercury died. He was the leader of Queen, and he died as a result of AIDS. There's no chance for us. After Eric Carr's audition to replace Peter Chris, Eric asked Mr. Paul, Mr. Gene, and Mr. Ace for their autographs, and that touched them. Eric Carr loved being a member of KISS, and like Michael Jordan or even LeBron James, Mr. Eric made the members of KISS sound better. Just like when I learned that John Lennon died, I was equally crushed when Eric Carr passed away. And Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, they took Eric Carr's death just as hard. They did all they could to slow Mr. Eric down, hopefully to prolong the time that he had left. But Mr. Eric, he, he just wanted to play. And Paul and Gene eventually gave in and Eric Carr returned to appear in the video God Gave Rock and Roll. Although he was in great pain, Mr. Eric looked full of life. And I believe that even though Eric Carr's time was cut short, he went out happily because he did something that many of us don't get to do, and that's live our dreams. You're listening to Music Detention, and I am DJ AAA. Music Detention is produced by Smiley Enterprises Incorporated. Re-recordings for personal use are prohibited. 
I am just an old guy with a microphone who listened to a lot of radio as a kid and played in a gazillion cover bands during a 30-year span. I talk about my experiences and what I remember, but don't take my words as the law. Question what you hear. Look things up and question me when I'm wrong. Maybe the way I remember it isn't exactly how it was. For show transcripts and other useful information, go to the Music Detention website. We spell music with a Z and a K. There is also a Facebook page, and it would be great if you logged on and started a conversation. You can also ask me for the names of the songs that I spun for tonight's class. I don't mind sharing. Many of these episodes are placed on demand. Actually, I have an announcement to make. Old episodes of Music Detention are available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Both apps are free. Just search Music Detention and listen whenever you like. You can still visit this station's app or website for a list of what's available. Thanks for listening and for putting up with me. Have an amazing week, and as always, you can do it. You're listening to Music Detention, and I am DJ Triple A. DJ AAA and Strickland Media Group is proud to announce you can now take music attention everywhere with Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. So be sure to just search your podcast platform for music detention.